Good afternoon. Welcome to Screen Cleaning, the show that's all about shining a big old spotlight on all that is good in entertainment. My name is Jeff Simpson. And my name is Cole Wissinger. And today we have a fantastic show. Every once in a while here on Screen Cleaning, we like to do sort of a milestone show, right? Yeah. Not milestones in our careers, even though I've been here at BYU Radio now for, goodness, over three years, three and a half years. Congrats. Thank Happy you. three and a half anniversary. Thank you. So um, should we just talk about my time here at BYU Radio for the yeah, rest Jeff, of the show? I mean, really your life story, I think, is what I was hoping for. It all started in a movie theater. Not a log cabin? No. Oh, okay. No. Um, no. Anyway, uh, and in the past, we've highlighted the careers of filmmakers like Alfred Hitchcock, Steven Spielberg, uh, Christopher Nolan. The most recent one we did was about Tim Burton. Yeah, and that was about a year ago. And since it's been about a year since we've done one of these highlight shows, uh, we wanted to look to the acting world. We've done a few directors before, but when we originally wanted to do this, we wanted to do some more actors. There's one particular actor that has had a storied career that did just release a new movie. Let's talk some Harrison Ford today. Ooh, that's a great impression. I'll give you mine later. Okay. But that's coming up here in just a bit. The first thing we want to do, though, is give you the very best in entertainment news. As we do. And usually when we introduce this segment, we tend to start out with a sad piece of entertainment news. It's not really sad. If anything, it's good news. It means that precautions are being taken and that we'll get to see this movie eventually. But for now, the production of Mission Impossible 7 has come to a screeching halt because they were filming in Italy and there were 219 cases of or reported cases of the coronavirus in Italy. The uh, It's the biggest outside of China that have been reported. And so just as a precautionary effort, they are halting production for a few weeks. Coronavirus has been affecting a lot of things, a lot of people's lives. Um, and and as we kind of look at things from an entertainment perspective, right now the Olympics are kind of in question how it's going to affect there. And coronavirus has been around now and and affecting things for so long, it was it affected the Chinese New Year, and that's their big time for the box office. Sure. Uh, in another month, Mulan is supposed to come out, which was very geared to Ooh. be appeasing to a Chinese audience. They were right. trying to make uh, – Disney was trying to look internationally and make a movie for them. And it doesn't look like movie theaters will be open again and, and this will be over even by the end of March. It's a really sad situation for everything. And as we kind of look at it with the entertainment lens, it's affecting all walks of life. Sure. And, you know, not to make light of this, but Tom Cruise has outlived so many of these stunts gone wrong. <laughs> it would be a shame for him to die over the yeah. coronavirus. Let's or not get take sick, any risks right? for Mr. Cruise. Yeah. Right. OK. So there's that. Uh, there's a new title for a new movie that's coming out next year. Yeah. Uh, and I've actually I've enjoyed seeing some of the promotional materials for this film, even long before it had a title. Right. We got that short seven or eight minute film that Colin Trevorrow or Trevorrow directed and uh, it is a new Jurassic World movie. It is. And so in that short film, you get to see this family in a camper trying to survive this T-Rex or whatever dinosaur Dinosaurs attack. Dinosaurs are right? on the loose again. And then they showed videos of the like these, can- these camera videos of 
of uh, dinosaurs popping up in all sorts of places. So the promotional materials for this, I think they're doing some really great things to get people excited for this. Um, but the new movie, are you ready for this? Yes. Coming out in 2021 is Jurassic World Dominion. <gasps> So a bunch Wait, of... Wait, is it really Dominion? D-Minion, the Minion. Yes. No, so when I first... <laughs> so they released it as a picture uh, with one of the little, like, slappy things that you do use on sets. Those things yes. have names, right? Yeah. The, they've got, like, checkered pattern, and you go, clap, action. I think they're called the clapper. Yeah. That's clap it. on, clap anyway, off, the they, clapper. They sent a picture. They That was their press first look thing. And I swear it said demolition at the bottom. Really? Is it Dominion? It's you... Dominion. Okay, so I'm just blind. That's fine. Dominion. Jurassic World Dominion. So hopefully, I mean, hopefully the only CGI characters in this film or hopefully the only animated characters in this film will be the dinosaurs and not a bunch of uh, one-eyed yellow creatures. Didn't didn't the minions go back to dinosaur times in the movie Minion? They sure did, and they're actually coming out with another movie as well. This year. Yeah. <laughs> the I Rise of Gru. The Rise of Gru, right. Can't well, wait. I can't wait to talk about that too, Cole. <laughs> I could I can wait. I will wait. It's well, fine. as you know, uh Minions is uh not a it's not an entity of or it's not a family member of the Walt Disney Company. Right. But Bob Iger certainly was until a recent announcement, right? A minus segue there, Jeffrey. Yep, Bob Iger stepping down as Disney's person in charge, and they've announced a successor. And his name, we're still trying to decide how to pronounce it, but it's Shapek, Bob Shapek, C-H-A-P-E-K. Now, Bob Iger's going to – he's going to stay on as an executive and kind of oversee some creative endeavors, and he'll be here through the end of this transition, through the end of 2021. So we're we're not saying goodbye to Bob Iger just yet, but that's just some interesting news. It's news – and there's news elsewhere in the Disney family of someone else stepping down and also relevant to our man Harrison Ford that we're talking about today. Steven Spielberg will not be directing – Indiana Jones Part 5. Ever since Disney took over the Indiana Jones intellectual property with the Lucasfilm buy, we've known Indiana Jones 5 was coming. It's been in that vague pre-production phase for a long time, but now James Mangold, hot off Academy Award nominated Ford v. Ferrari, he also has Logan and the Wolverine in his back pocket, he did Walk the Line, James Mangold is now rumored to be directing the fifth upcoming Indiana Jones movie. All right. Well, what else is going on in the news, Cole? Well, I know, Jeff, your musical background lends you to love the production Little Shop of Horrors. Little Shop. Little Little Shop of Horrors. Horrors. Yeah. I didn't sing that part when I was in it in high school. But You you got the part that we think will probably end up going to Chris Evans in this new movie adaptation of Little Shop of Horrors. We got some casting news, including Chris Evans and Scarlett Johansson, both of Marvel fame. Yes, And then yes. Taron Egerton, recently off Rocket Man and the animated movie Sing. We know the man can sing. He seems like he's our Seymour. I guarantee you he'll be Seymour. He likes to play these kind of nerdy uh, characters that get picked on. And Sure. Um, Chris Evans, I think now that he's been this America's good boy or whatever you the expression is captain america captain america is an expression for, for other people but he was literally also captain america right i think since 
since he's been playing that role for so many years, I think he's eager to shed that uh, costume and start playing some bad boys. So I guarantee you he's going to be uh, Oren Scrivello DDS. And I won't tell you the character. I won't spoil anything uh, about the character that he played in Knives Out. But from the trailers, you can tell that he's a, a little bit rough around the edges and the black sheep of the family. Yeah. So he's ready yeah. to not be the good boy anymore. He wants to be the bad boy. I like it. I'm a fan so far. Yeah. Okay. And you know that uh, I missed the opportunity to meet Steve Martin. And when I was in high school, after I had played Oren Scrivello DDS, yes. the role that Steve Martin played in the movie. Yes. Rick Moranis was Seymour in uh, the movie. And I had to choose between between performing in a talent show that I had already committed to or going to a book signing with Steve Martin, and I didn't get to go see him. Oh. I could have gotten a signature. I could have said, hey, I played your role in Little Shop of Horrors. Would you perform in the talent show instead? Um, I want to say I sang Cheer Up Charlie from Charlie and the Chocolate or Aww. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And I think I I might have gotten some money out of it. So in you the probably end, it was won. All right. You're a talented guy. Well thank you. <laughs> um Cole, I know that uh, this weekend there's not a ton coming out that we're gonna be talking yeah, that we're a- gonna be talking about. According right? to the list, Guns Akimbo, which is starring uh Daniel Radcliffe, formerly Harry Potter, is coming out. Netflix has All the Bright Places. Wendy, which we gave a review of just last week, is a very indie fair look at the Peter Pan legend. And also, The Invisible Man by Universal Pictures is out this weekend. I didn't see that one, Cole. Ha! <laughs> no one did, because he's invisible. Yes. I saw the movie The Invisible Man, though, and I thought it was fantastic for a horror movie. Now, the universal pictures of it all is actually of note here, because it was just a few short years ago that this studio was trying to enter into the connected universe game that the MCU so popularized, and that even in the horror world, The Conjuring has done pretty well at... They were trying to make the Dark Universe, and their first entry into it was The Mummy starring Tom Cruise, and it was much more of a blockbuster action genre rather than actually a horror movie. These monsters are supposed to be scary. And so when I say The Invisible Man is fantastic for a horror movie, it's a great, great movie, but also you got to know they're not doing this connected universe thing anymore. This was originally planned as part of the dark universe when Johnny Depp was tied to being the Invisible Man, but this is not that movie. It's directed by Lee wan a horror veteran. He penned the script of Saw. He's been in the Insidious movies. He had Upgrade that he directed just last year, which was not horror, but still had like a low grit to it that I think this Invisible Man brings that they weren't going for with that blockbuster dark universe. So I recommend The Invisible Man, but you got to know going in, it's it's an R rating and it deserves it. It's got blood, it's got swearing, and it's got heavier themes than just a blockbuster monster movie. Okay. Well, that's out this weekend in theaters. And another movie that has already been out in movie theaters that you can still check out 
It's a movie that we're going to be talking about later on in the program as we discuss the career of Harrison Ford. It is The Call of the Wild. I got to see it, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about it later here on the program. And when we return, we're going to just dive right in to the, as you said, Cole, storied career of one Mr. Harrison Ford. That's all up next here on Screen Cleaning. He said that wherever I went, he would find me, walk right up to me, and I wouldn't be able to see him. Are you okay? Someone sitting in that chair. Welcome back to Screen Cleaning. I was just about to break into song and uh, try to have a theme song connected with this wonderful John Williams score of the Indiana Jones franchise, but maybe that would uh, be doing people a disservice. Wouldn't you agree, Cole? It'd be doing Harrison Ford a disservice, and that's what this show is all about. Yes, we are talking Harrison Ford today. Every once in a while, we do kind of a, a highlight show where we highlight the career of a, of a particular filmmaker. And we, we named a few half or about a half a dozen that we've done in the past. But today we wanted to focus on the career of an actor. And because Call of the Wild is in theaters, we wanted that actor to be not Buck the dog in the movie who was – a CGI character, Cartoon. surprise, surprise, <laughs> but Harrison Ford. That's right, the grizzled old man. And he did, hasn't always been a grizzled old man, has he, Cole? Nah, he was He was an iconic character in two strong, not one but two, but probably three franchises. Maybe even four. Back in the We 80s. can talk about that. Exactly. And, you know, everybody's heard the story about how he kind of started out as a carpenter and you know, as much as people like to buy into that because it sounds more romantic of this carpenter saying, hey, you, why don't you come over here and be in this big budget movie? That's not – I doubt that's exactly how it played out because we, you and I looked at his IMDb page. He had been doing episodes of TV. He was in Gunsmoke, The Virginian, you know, some westerns, but all the way back into the 60s, like when he was a, a young 20s guy and uh, – when you listen to some interviews with him, he mentioned like he just needed a little extra cash one you know summer when he was off in between acting gigs, and he started carpenting a little bit, right? Before so, you know, holding down franchises. But the big first movie that he was in that people do like to highlight is 1973's Best Picture nominated film, directed by none other than George Lucas. Oh, we're going to hear that name again. American Graffiti. Now, Cole, American Graffiti is a film that I grew up loving and watching. And uh, obviously the movie came out long before I was born. (laughs) But Harrison Ford, even though his role is a small one in this film, it's actually quite a crucial role because his role shows up again in a very climactic scene Toward the end of the movie. No spoilers. No spoilers, but he's a bit of a drag racer. And uh, at one point in the movie, he kind of just randomly breaks out into this serenading song. And uh, it's that's me- something we don't get out of Star Wars. Meant for laughs, but yeah, in one of his big, or in one of his first movies, you get to see Harrison Ford singing. I think we should get that more often. Yes. That's that's what The Secret Life of Pets 2 was really missing, is Harrison Ford singing. Cole, this introduced me to a formula in movies that I absolutely love. And, you know, if this formula is in movies, I can even forgive it at times for not having a strong 
story, right? You okay. see it a lot, this idea of let's say there's like six or eight or ten characters that maybe start the movie together, but then over the course of an evening, they kind of go their separate ways. And so really you're getting all you're, – you're getting to see all these different episodes happening at the same time, right? And maybe all of these characters come back together at the end. But I love it when characters go off their separate ways and they get off into their own crazy little adventures because it's like you're seeing different episodes of a TV show, right? Yeah. And But this is one that does have a great story and it does have characters that I care about. And Harrison Ford is certainly – when you I, I could imagine seeing this movie and feeling like – He's certainly one to watch. And <laughs> that, he was. That kid's going to be on the up and up. Right. And uh, he was going places because the very next director that he worked with, and, you know, it should be noted that George Lucas wasn't a huge name at this point because he hadn't made the film that we're going to talk about here shortly. Yes. But his very next movie he makes with Francis Ford Coppola, another up-and-coming director. So his first two directors, I mean, first two big directors that he works with, George Lucas, Francis Ford Coppola. This is another film that was nominated for Best Picture, and it came in the very next year, 1974, and it was The Conversation. Yeah, you can do worse for – and again, you look at people's IMDb's, it always like extends – way past you know they they do things beforehand sure but you can do worse for your two big breakout roles yeah. working for lucas and coppola and i don't really want to have a conversation about the conversation although it is a fantastic <laughs> film because in 1977 this i would venture to say was harrison ford's big first movie now we know who ford is because he was in Star Wars. And in the movie Star Wars, it is really Harrison Ford that becomes the breakout star of it. It's about Mark Hamill, sure. You know, he's the story. He's the uh, the protagonist, the young boy that, you know, turns out to be a part of the force. But really, when you're watching it, it's that that swashbuckling cool guy that doubts the force and just gets to lean back a little bit and shoot first that you root for. And that's Harrison Ford's guy. Yeah. yeah. You know, Cole, he was actually Rogue One. He was the first the Rogue first in the Star Rogue-ish. Wars franchise. He was also solo a Star Wars story. So really, both both the little uh, offshoots. Yeah. So, okay, 1977, Star Wars he goes on to make several other films before his – oh, my goodness. In fact, six other films that people don't really talk about a lot. I guess they talk about Apocalypse Now, again, for Francis Ford Coppola. The Frisco Kid is in there. But the next portion of his career is the biggest part of his career. And in the span of six years, he makes back-to-back to back to back to back to back. I don't know if that was six backs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, six great films, which is why we are naming this part of his career the best six years. What happened in 1980, Cole? So he starts with the sequel to Star Wars, and that's Empire Strikes Back. And my personal theory is the reason that people love Empire more, like the they, they view that as the pinnacle of the original trilogy. It's because of Harrison Ford. That's where he really gets to shine and he really gets to start being the cool guy to Leia because, you know, there were some flirtations, but it kind of 
went all ways at the at the beginning in the first Star Wars movie, but it's in Empire Strikes Back where they become that couple. They get their love song really, you know, scored out by John Williams as well, and that's where this trilogy comes to a pinnacle is with Empire Strikes Back. That was just the first year though, because the very next year he starts into Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh my goodness. So this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship, right, Cole, between Steven Spielberg and Harrison Ford and the beginning of what would become the second big franchise that Harrison Ford would put under his belt um, or in this case, his explorer's hat, right, as Dr. Henry Indiana Jones Jr. Raiders of the Lost Ark, yet another film in his up to this point not very seasoned career – Uh, to be nominated for Best Picture, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and yet in another franchise where the name of the franchise has changed because they keep making more of them, right? This used to just be known as Raiders of the Lost Ark and not Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Kind of like Star Wars A New Hope. Right. This is the first time you see... And boy, oh boy, does he have a great introduction as Indiana Jones. You get to see his silhouette as uh, they're on their way to get this artifact at the beginning of the film. And it gives you one of the most iconic scenes in any of the Indiana Jones films right off the bat. Him running away from that giant boulder. And uh, man, is it thrilling. Man, is it funny. And it's just a great film. Yeah, he's at his Harrison Ford best when he, I think, between those two roles, Empire right into Indiana Jones, that's Harrison Ford to me. All right. So the very next year, 1982, we get the start of yet another franchise of sorts. If you Although call... we didn't know it for 30 years in between. Sure. But, I mean, it's almost a franchise in and of itself with all of the different cuts that they came out with this movie, right? Because no one could figure out. Blade Runner at the time. Right. Blade Runner 1982. When you say sci-fi classics, this one's going to be in the top five for sure. If, you know, maybe I don't know that it would ever take the top spot because I'm sure most people would say that would probably go to 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yeah. Arguably, right? Uh, But Blade Runner, again, the start of yet another franchise that – was going to come up later on in his career. But to have these three films back to back to back, three different huge franchises that have meant so much to people over the years is, I don't know how you do that, Cole. And Blade Runner is kind of the slower paced one, right? When you think of Mm -hmm. sci-fi classics, really, I, I think Star Wars first and Harrison Ford's involved in that too. But this is a more serious look, you know, based on a book. It's more of a philosophical sci-fi thing, and it lets Harrison Ford slow down. You know, his his quick, quipping, cool guy role that he is when he's Han Solo or Indiana Jones is different when he's Rick Deckard. He's more contemplative, and there's, you know, entire scenes of this at times boring movie where he's just <laughs> sitting and, and reading and being a detective and going through files. And Harrison Ford manages to capture that as well. Yeah, really? It's just a sci-fi noir, right? Right. That is that is the genre. Yeah. So 1983, the fourth in this six-year, uh, best six-year period of his career, we have to go back to the cash cow 
of Return of the Jedi. Why not? Right, Cole? Han Solo again, and then the very next year we get a second Indiana Jones with The Temple of Doom. You know what's crazy about these two films, Cole? Um, These are the two films that when I was growing up, when I was a kid, both Return of the Jedi and Indiana Jones and The Temple of Doom were my favorite films of those franchises growing up. There was something about elevating the level of silliness and the wacky adventures that these characters find themselves thrust into, right, Um, that just really spoke to me as a kid. It's – we can pause for a second here because Harrison Ford's comedy is sometimes not appreciated because he's so handsome and so in charge and so – not the guy you expect to have some of these just physically goofy stunts. Like, he does Chevy Chase pratfalls sometimes. In his, <laughs> but because he's Harrison Ford and he looks like Harrison Ford, it's different. And, and he manages to, like, bring a different kind of comedy that is just fun to see in those couple movies. And they're both very funny. Yep. I loved the Ewoks in Return of the Jedi and the whole scene with Jabba the Hutt and uh, – yeah – We could talk forever about Return of the Jedi. Yeah. But we won't because in this sixth year of the best six years of Harrison Ford's career, in our opinion, let it be known, um, he was finally – I guess I shouldn't say finally because at this point he was still a little young in his career, although I guess he'd been around for almost 20 years at this point. He was actually nominated for an Academy Award, his one and only Academy Award nomination, and it came with the 1985 film Witness. Now, this is the one in this six-year chunk and the one that we've talked about so far that I have actually not seen, Jeffrey. So what is Witness about? So Witness, again, he is this this detective that gets tasked with going to this Amish community and – Basically, he's kind of um, – he's in disguise, right? He's undercover as this – a member of this Amish community. Okay. He's really there to protect them because at the beginning of the film, there's this little boy who's played by Lucas Haas who has been around for many, many years who witnesses a murder in this train station bathroom. And uh, Danny Glover has something to do with it, oddly enough. And so he is going to this Amish Amish community to kind of protect this community and make sure nothing happens to them. And, uh, yeah, it's more serious Harrison Ford. You don't really get the jokey Harrison Ford. Mm -hmm. There is an action element to this film, especially toward the end of the movie. But uh, he really bonds with this Amish community and in particular this Amish woman played by Kelly McGillis from – Top Gun fame. Yes. And so there's a little bit of romance in there as well. And it was enough to earn him his first and only Academy Award. So then... Nomination. Nomination, I should say. Yes, yes, yes. So then, toward the end of the 80s, he wraps up Indiana Jones's... Well, he wraps it up for then. And most of us wish it had wrapped at the time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> With Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, which was supposed to be the end of it. He also, the year before that, he did Working Girl, which I just want to talk about. I have not seen it. It but is it, a comedy. It is a rom-com with two of the biggest action heroes of the 80s, Harrison Ford and Sigourney Weaver. Yes. Uh, falling in love, I would assume. 
No, um, no, Cole. Or does he end up with the other one? He ends up – well, I haven't seen it in its entirety, but <laughs> Melanie Griffith is the lead of the movie. Oh, OK. Yeah. But but you have Han Solo and Ripley from Aliens in a rom-com toward the end of the 80s, which yeah. I just wanted to mention. It's pretty great. 1989, as you mentioned, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Last Crusade. This is – Last one. Uh, allegedly. Very last crusade he has Cole. to go on. Cole, come on. This movie has one of the greatest casting choices I think I've seen in just about any movie. The casting of Sean Connery as Henry Jones Sr., right? The interchange between these two characters throughout the movie who have a strained relationship to say the least, right, is just comic. It's comedy gold, Comedy gold, Cole. And it hits home. Like, so Harrison Ford is Indiana Jones. So that's one of the greatest casting choices ever. And then to find the perfect, you're right, the perfect decision to play off of him with his father and get, you know, get into their dynamic. It's great. And Cole mentioned something about, you know, this being the peak of his career. This is another – this period that goes up to the end of the 90s is another super solid stretch of films. One more franchise we're going to talk about. One of my favorite movies of all time, maybe even my favorite Harrison Ford movie, comes in this next period of his career. Uh, and there are times when I, I can honestly say that Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade is my favorite Indiana Jones movie. It's probably the funniest. It has some of the more most exciting action sequences of any of these films. And again, that interchange between uh, Harrison Ford and Sean Connery is just genius. And it just rekindles your love for Sean Connery, if nothing else whom you missed from his role as James Bond, His right? franchise earlier in his career, playing right. an old man, a turn that Harrison Ford would eventually get to, but not before he launched another franchise-ish with the Jack his, Ryan yeah, movies. got to take his turn in a franchise, yeah. right? But he made more of these movies than any other Jack Ryan, although uh, John Krasinski has now made a couple of seasons of television in that role as Jack yeah. Ryan. But 1992, Patriot Games. Again, he nailed this role of this uh, this government agent who is just very good at being serious and being and, – and this time, you know, we've seen him do action. But this time we get to see Harrison Ford as kind of this reluctant – action hero. Well, okay, right? so this is the beginning of his turn as Jack Ryan. Sure. Jack Ryan is still going on. At the beginning of this movie, he is a retired CIA agent, which starts our theme of like guys being too old for the job and then continuing to do that job for years and years and years. Yeah. But he's protecting his family and yeah, like is seems a little out out of his element a little bit. Uh, the character seems a little bit out of his element when he starts coming up against these nationalists who are led by Sean Bean, who creeps up in another uh, – who creeps up in the James Bond franchise yes, of all does. places. But uh, Patriot Games, thrilling, exciting movie. He did a good enough job that they invited him back later on. But we'll get to that because first, in 1993, he made another film that would go on to be nominated for Best Picture – 
would win an Oscar for Best Supporting Actor for Tommy Lee Jones. The movie is The Fugitive, and it's one of those films that anytime it's on TV, my wife and I will gladly sit down and watch it. We are always trying to find an excuse to watch The Fugitive because it's one of our favorite movies, and it is probably my favorite chase movie of all time. You know, like Cat and Mouse, I guess. Yes, that's My favorite Cat and Mouse movie. Uh Yeah. This I is... like The Fugitive. I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna lay back and let you gush though, because I know you'll love it. 1993. Uh, this is back when we had a dollar theater back in in Orange, California. My dad took me to see this when I was 10 years old. This is a PG-13 movie. <gasps> so right there, as a kid, you think you're the most special person in the whole world because oh my gosh. My dad is taking me to see this adult movie. I'm so excited. And even from the opening credits, I knew I was in for something special. And just scene after scene after scene of this of Harrison Ford running away from uh, Tommy Lee Jones and in some cases running away from these uh, really dangerous vehicles that would threaten to crush him, right? It was the Greatest thing that I could imagine, sitting there with a bucket of popcorn with my dad, probably a bag of Skittles because that was my candy of choice back in the day. And uh, yeah, nominated for Best Picture, Tommy Lee Jones wins an Oscar for Best Supporting Actor for his role as this U.S. Marshal that is hilarious. And uh, I want to come back to this movie later on in the program, Cole. I wonder if it's the Harrison Ford of it all because – you look back, movies like this just don't get looked at by the Academy anymore. It is a really great movie, but you have to wonder where did we come where we can't get a Tommy Lee Jones as the bad guy in a chase movie like The Fugitive getting nominated for – now it's just like you have to play a real person or you have to be in – an Oscar awardsy prestige movie. You know what it is, Cole? This has always been my theory of why The Fugitive works so well. If this movie were made today, the U.S. Marshals would have been made up of these 20-year-old blonde male or females, yeah. right, that just look good on screen. This movie, you... You almost do double take a double take watching the characters in these roles because those are the people that you picture being actual U.S. Marshals, right? They were genius in their casting decisions for this movie because, yeah, it's not the 20-year-old blonde bombshells, whether that's a male or a female. It's these people that are middle-aged, that maybe have a receding hairline, <laughs> that have maybe a little bit of a gut – And the banter between these U.S. Marshals seems so organic that you can't even imagine that being scripted because it seems so real. It's so real, Cole, that it really makes this movie about, you know, a cat and mouse, the cat and mouse genre or this thriller genre makes it seem so authentic, organic and really just exciting to watch. And then Harrison Ford would return to really the political thriller franchise and character that we've had in Tom Clancy's Clear and Present Danger, again with Jack Ryan. Yeah, Clear and Present Danger, the Jack Ryan movie that I grew up watching because Patriot Games was rated R, but this one was PG-13. So I this one got a lot of, my VHS copy of this got a lot of use. Um, and again, just a great 
political thriller. And it doesn't – the thrills don't always come from the action sequences in this movie, although, although there are some good ones. A oh, the most, the most tension scene comes towards the end where he actually confronts the president of the oh, United yeah. States and you did this cover up and, and just how Harrison Ford gets into it with him and, and has to stand for what's right as the director of intelligence or whatever Jack Ryan's role is by this point in his life. That That's where the tension really gets because it's just two guys that that both think that they have the high ground but they keep one-upping each other and, and eventually – the president came down to the to the heels of Harrison Ford. Right. And there's a scene even before that that I would venture to say is even more thrilling where he is discovering some uh, treasonable acts by one of his colleagues and they're in separate rooms just oh, like with right the computers. next door. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. they're at their computers on the phone trying to prevent the other from figuring out more about the other, you know, and it might it might seem a little dated because of some of the technology that they're using, but it's really one of the more thrilling scenes in the movie. And uh, man, Cole, this has wet my beak a little more to go back and watch Clear and Present Danger again. And uh, later on in the program, I want to go back and highlight some of the famous one-liners or uh, movie quotes from some of these movies that Harrison Ford has been in. There are a lot of them, but we'll get to that here in just a, b- a bit. The last good movie, the last great movie that people talk about from time to time that would be that would represent this other solid stretch of his career came in 1997 when it almost seems like a culminating role for him, right? Because he gets to play the president, the president. of the United States. Harrison Ford no, if you if you look, he, Harrison Ford isn't playing. If you look at the poster of this movie, it's Harrison Ford is the president of the United States yes! in Air Force One. I love it. And this is another film that I didn't discover until later on because, again, it is rated R. But you watch it and sometimes you scratch your head and you wonder, why was that rated R? About the same number of swear words that you would get in a PG-13 movie. Gary Oldman. Oh, playing the terrorist with an accent. (laughs) Yes. This movie has a great cast. And it's, it's the kind of movie where you think, yeah, let's do this. Harrison Ford as our next president. Why not? He would make a great president. He can fly an airplane in real life. Why not? A retire. Yeah, so the president <laughs> in this movie is a veteran of the Vietnam War and ends up being the action hero of his own movie as opposed to the the president normally being, you know, who everyone else tries to take care of or who gets passed along in an action movie. Harrison Ford takes over this movie. They should have just made it a Jack Ryan movie because I think you were looking up Jack Ryan and you came to find out that he he actually goes on to be the president, right? Yeah, Jack Ryan is elected president of the United States eventually in the Tom Clancy books. So, spoiler alert: Air Force One kind kind of a kind of a Jack Ryan movie. All Seems right, like so that closes the chapter on what Cole and I see as the really great moments in Harrison Ford's career. That doesn't mean that you can't teach an old dog new tricks or an old actor how to be an old dog, right? And when we come back, Cole and I are going to be talking about a new chapter in the career of Harrison Ford here on Screen Clean. Did you, did you get emotional when you put the uh, uh, wardrobe on? No, I got paid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Welcome back to Screen Cleaning. We're talking Harrison Ford here today on the show. And before the break, we talked about really the the meat of Harrison Ford's career as far as appearing in all these Best Picture nominated films, starting off four different franchises, getting an Oscar nomination. And really having two of the most iconic characters of movie history. Absolutely, in Han Solo and, and Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. So when we uh, cross the century mark, we start to get some interesting choices from Harrison Ford, right? So the first of which, he's going to play a role that we don't typically see him play. And can you spoil a 20-year-old movie, Cole? We can certainly try. Okay. Um In What Lies Beneath, which was directed by Robert Zemeckis, we get our first taste of Harrison Ford as a bad guy. Spoiler (laughs) alert. And, uh, yeah, he's done this terrible thing in his past, and he's tried to cover it up, but now information is coming to light, and he deals with it in a very sinister and horrible way. And it co-stars my dad's Hollywood crush, because you're allowed to have one Hollywood crush, right? Only one? His was Michelle Pfeiffer. Aw, that's so, a good choice. Yeah. It, I remember when it came out in theaters, I uh, I saw it, loved it, and I thought, ooh, I've got to go take a girl to see this, right? Uh-huh. Because, you know, those thrilling movies, those uh, scary movies, you gotta you got to take a girl to. So after being a bad guy, his next film, he tries out... Something different yet again. The man in the room that can actually speak some Russian. How would you grade 1 to 10 Harrison Ford's Russian accent in K-19 The Widowmaker? You know, it's interesting because I wonder if he either got conflicting direction or if they told him to use a Russian accent and he tried and just kind of threw in the towel halfway through because he's basically just playing Harrison Ford maybe with, you know, like he's got some peanut butter or something. He's eating something that affects the way that he speaks just a tiny bit, right? Mm -hmm. But it's certainly not a Russian accent, which is interesting because we talked about Sean Connery earlier on in the program. I was going to go there. His cinematic father in Indiana Jones had a chance. In a Jack Ryan movie. In a Jack Ryan movie. To do a Russian accent. And he just... He just embraced who he was, and nope. that's that was the character. <laughs> it's just Sean Connery talking. Right? So at least he's trying to branch out at this part of his career. But we're also seeing kind of a theme in some of his roles of this old, grizzled, kid-you-bother-me type of characters, just right? overnight. So in 1997, he was the, the action hero president in Air Force One. He wasn't just an old president that's got white hair and that you shuffle along. He was the guy. And then just overnight, he became Old Man Ford that we know today. Old Man Ford. You see it in Hollywood Homicide with this hot rookie cop that he's the older seasoned cop. Um, And then, you know, he can't help but return to the well that is the Indiana Jones franchise, Indiana Jones franchise. Uh, in 2008 with Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Very grizzled in this movie. And and now he kind of gets a turn to kind of be the father to what, if it had been a good movie, would have been the next generation of Indiana Jones with Shia LaBeouf. 
that doesn't go anywhere. It's a weird choice by everyone involved and does not perform well critically. Uh, so the franchise gets halted for then. The clip we came into was Jimmy Fallon talking to Harrison Ford, and he was talking about when he came back to the Star Wars franchise. Also, um, you know, did you get excited when you you put on the, the vest again and when you suit up to this iconic character that so many of us love? I got paid. You know, Harrison yeah. Ford. <laughs> and that that will come back in some of – I mean that theme will come back as we visit some of these other films in this part of his career. Um, in 2010, he played a grizzled news anchor in uh, Morning Glory. And in 2011, he played a grizzled rancher or farm guy in uh, Cowboys and Aliens. I, I love Cowboys and Aliens. I think they okay. got the exact right balance of, yeah, Harrison Ford and Daniel Craig are both doing it a little bit seriously, but also it's a movie about Cowboys and Aliens. And I think that that balance, it was just right for me. I get people that don't like it. It's it's no 2001 Space Odyssey or Blade Runner by any stretch, sure. but I think it's a very enjoyable movie. In 2013... In 42, the film 42, he played a grizzled baseball executive. In 2013, he returned to playing a grizzled news anchor in Anchorman 2, The Legend Continues, which it was really just a glorified cameo. Yeah, a cameo. a right? lot of people show up in Anchorman 2. Right. He was also in Ender's Game as like the old guy in charge of stuff yeah in that movie. he was a grizzled expendable in the expendables three because everyone's grizzled in those movies <laughs> and then cole getting back to what you were talking about just a, a little bit ago he has no scruples about returning to these very iconic roles that made him famous in the first place right especially you know they pay me enough money yeah why not at this point, what, is, what does Harrison Ford have to prove at this point in his career? I'll come back for a Star War or two. Yeah, a Star War. Uh, 2015, Star Wars The Force Awakens reprises his role as Han Solo. My favorite of the new trilogy, not coincidentally, the one with the most Harrison Ford. Absolutely. 2017, he reprises his role in the Blade Runner franchise in Blade Runner 2049. Another movie, and again, when you bring back these franchises, you have Harrison Ford, and then you're bringing up the new generation. You're passing of, on the reins, eh, right? Exactly, mm-hmm. right? Ray and Finn and Poe are in are in Star Wars. Shia LaBeouf, I guess, was in Indiana Jones, and Ryan Gosling was the the new guy yeah. in Blade Runner. And then um, in a couple of movies about dogs, <laughs> he is grizzled in those movies as well. He's the grizzled. Farm Dog and The Secret Life of Pets 2. Really, the only reason I went to see Secret Life of Pets 2 was for Harrison Ford. In his first ever animated role. Right. Voiceover from Harrison Ford. They finally gave they I mean they gave him some funny dialogue in a movie that I was hoping would finally be funny and um it turns out that all the best parts were in the trailer. But he was good in it at least. Sure. And then again, he plays a grizzled prospector in the 2020 film The Call of the Wild. And Cole, this movie stands out as kind of a highlight for me in his career because even though the movie itself is not fantastic, 
he is quite good in it. You can tell that unlike some of these other films, maybe in this last stretch of his career, he's not phoning it in. Like he's actually not just trying. Not for the paycheck. It seems like it's a, a good old Harrison Ford movie. It seems like he actually cares about the movie and the characters and is giving it all he's got. So. That is exactly what I did not expect out of Call of the Wild and why I haven't gone to see it yet. That's that's probably the best thing you could possibly say about it. I know that the dog looks weird and I know that the plot is based on the book or whatever, but if Harrison Ford's trying, I might go give it a try. All right, Cole. So, man, now that he's kind of settled into this old man Ford role, what do you think the future holds for Mr. Harrison Ford? More Indiana Jones. More Indiana Jones. It's old, on the old Jack Ryan. Bring that one back too. Maybe he's brought back everything else, right? He could just be in John Krasinski's Jack Ryan, right? Like in as, some other role as the I president. Certainly could, mm-hmm. but I doubt he would go back to TV. He doesn't it's, need to. It's Amazon. They could give him money like it's a movie. And maybe if he cares about that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we've really enjoyed talking about Harrison Ford and uh, really the amazing career that he's had. And he has meant so much to us growing up, Cole, in all these different franchises. And he's given us so many different iconic characters and performances and really has been in so many scenes that are iconic, that will stick with you and you'll never forget as long as you live. And when we return, we are going to talk a little bit more Harrison Ford, talk about some of the places you can find some of his wonderful films, as well as doing a little panning for good. That's all up next on Screen Cleaning. Chewing. We're home. I don't need you. Uh, I do. Not the man I knew ten years ago. It's not the years, right? It's the mileage. In preparation for talking about Harrison Ford, I I was doing a little research. I listened to quite a few of his interviews on different talk shows, and in one of them he mentioned that was his favorite quote of all the quotable Harrison Ford lines that he's had come out of his glorious mouth. It's not the years, honey. It's the mileage. All right. It's his personal favorite. So let's talk about some. What, what's your? What's one of your personal favorite quotes? You know, I'll always remember in Indiana Jones. Every time some snakes show up, he says, "I hate snakes." Right? Yep. That's a big theme in those movies. And uh, oh my goodness, I could quote "Clear and Present Danger." That whole scene that you brought up earlier about the the interchange between him and the president where the president realizes that he's accusing him, and the president says, How dare you come in here and bark at me like some dog off the street? And then Harrison Ford, he says, I am the president of the United States. And Harrison Ford says, How dare you, sir? So that's a great line. Air Force One, get off my plane. And then pretty much anything. When we said earlier that I got my chance at a Harrison Ford impersonation, which was just talk a little gravelly. I didn't realize we were getting the Jeffrey Simpson masterclass of how to <laughs> imbue Harrison Ford. You just yell most of your lines and you're halfway there, right? Okay. <laughs> um, and then really anything from The Fugitive, my wife and I could quote until the dogs from The Secret Life of Pets to come home, <laughs> right? Or as the cows come home. He played a dog in that movie. Anyway, before we uh, before we move on to our next segment, Cole, 
I think it would be wise to let our listeners know where they can watch some of these amazing Harrison Ford movies. Yeah, I I had to get caught up on a couple of them that it's been either a long time or that I haven't seen before uh, this week in preparation for the show. So we'll give you a chance now that you are reminded of how great Harrison Ford is to go check out his work. Well, let's start start out with Hulu, right? My Arguably my favorite Harrison Ford movie, The Fugitive, you can watch with your Hulu subscription right now. That is exciting. If only I had a Hulu subscription, but at least I have the DVD. There you go. If you want to head over to Netflix, there's The Secret Life of Pets 2. Um, I'll mention that, but I probably won't be checking that one out. Patriot Games, What Lies Beneath, Indiana Jones, all of the films that they've made. All three of of them. None of the TV shows, but uh, they have all the Indiana Jones movies. Four, Cole. (laughs) Four Indiana Jones movies. Blade Runner. So that's exciting. If you head on over to Amazon Prime, you can watch Morning Glory, Air Force One. Here's an interesting one we didn't mention, Force 10 from Navarone. This is a sequel to The Guns of Navarone, and uh, you probably didn't know that Harrison Ford was in it. The Conversation, that Francis Ford Coppola-directed film that he has a, a bit role in, as well as Witness, the movie that got him an Oscar nomination, Or if you want to go to theaters right now, you can see him in The Call of the Wild. There's good in them dire hills. Cole, was that Harrison Ford as the old grizzled prospector from Call of the Wild? I think so. We we got him to come on the show. All right. I didn't know he sounded like that. Normally when we pan for good at this time of the show, we like to highlight a creator or a movie or something that, you know, deserves a second look or, or that, you know, we, we want to talk about. But here we've already mentioned a lot of Harrison Ford's filmography. If we had been able to find maybe a couple of the documentaries that he lent his voice to, that would have been a cool point to, to talk about here. But instead of a movie itself, we want to talk about our favorite Harrison Ford moments from the movies. And if I can start, it's from Star Wars because Han mm. Solo is where I think of Harrison Ford first. And it's the story behind my favorite quote from him in Empire Strikes Back right before he goes down in the carbonite. Leia says, I love you. And he responds with, I know. And and it's beautiful. And there's all kinds of stories about how he just made it up on the spot and, <laughs> and just quipped it out. Harrison Ford is credited with the line. Originally, it was supposed to be something akin to, you know, don't worry, baby, I'll be back. By the way, this film was going to come out in 1980. Terminator didn't come out until 84. They genuinely had penned in the script, like, I'll be back for Harrison Ford to say before he went down into the carbonite. They didn't use it. They went with the better line. And then Terminator got its iconic line as well. So everyone's a winner. But yeah, Harrison Ford did, before they jumped onto set, they were making some rewrites with Lucas and Irvin Kirshner, the director, and everyone. And they scratched out that. They decided on, I know, and the rest is history. Well, Cole, I could certainly talk about the moment in uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark where he famously, instead of getting in a fight with this guy that comes out with this big giant sword, he just pulls out his gun and shoots him. That's the second one I thought of. A lot of stories behind that. But really, for me, it gets back to that 1993 Best Picture nominated film, The Fugitive, when 
they've been chasing Harrison Ford for half the movie, up, or maybe not even half the movie to this point. But it's this cat and mouse thriller where the U.S. Marshal, played by Tommy Lee Jones, Deputy Gerard, forces him onto the edge of this storm drain, a storm drain that's over this dam. And so you're wondering, how's he getting out of this? And, you know, it starts off with these famous movie lines that we're going to hear right here. I didn't kill my wife. I don't care. Very quotable, very quotable and memorable. But uh, then what happens next just keeps the suspense going. And according to Tommy Lee Jones's Deputy Gerard, he just did a Peter Pan off of this. And then, yeah, so even from that moment on, he yeah, he jumps right off of this uh, storm drain into this dam. And uh, the lines, the classic lines, don't stop, even with that tension broken a little bit. And that's probably one of my favorite moments from any Harrison Ford movie. I'm going to recommend to my wife that we watch it again this weekend. There's a lot to choose from and a lot of amazing franchises, moments, movies, and and really performances from the Harrison Ford catalog. We appreciate everything he's given us, all the wonderful times at the theater, um, and we hope he continues on doing, doing his grizzled old man thing now in the, the latter part of his career. We've enjoyed talking about the career of Harrison Ford today here on the program, and it won't be the last you hear about Harrison Ford, because next week on Screen Cleaning, we're actually going to be diving into the world of CGI, and the Call of the Wild just may come up in that conversation. We're here each and every week on BYU Radio at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Screen Cleaning is a production of BYU Radio. You can Google the Screen Cleaning Podcast to catch up with all of our older episodes, And until next Saturday, I'm Jeff Simpson. And I'm Cole Wessinger. And this is Screen Cleaning.